It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Good morning. Today is October the 10th. Happy Monday. This Happy is Monday. the 21st episode of season two of the Stacy and Stacy podcast. Thank you for joining us this marvelous Monday morning. <laughs> we are here Monday through Friday during your drive to work at 8 a.m. with a quick prayer, short scripture reflection, and then Stacy will lead us in a hot topic discussion. Sure to have a bit of theology and some wonderful words of wisdom. You can always join in on that discussion by messaging us on Facebook. And of course, don't forget to share us with your friends. Stacy, can you give us a snippet of what we will be discussing today? Perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> that Ooh. is the hot topic of the day. Yeah, we try to we try to pick a topic like in the news or something that that is on people's minds. But more and more, we end up just getting underneath all of that and picking something from the tradition of the Catholic church, um, whether it's in, in the catechism or from the church mm -hmm. fathers or even um, something that's current today, but, but has a tie to the tradition of the church. And so the current thing to talk about today, it's in a book. So I guess you could say it's, it's more modern. If you're talking about the first century AD, this book was published in 1995. Really? So it might, might be considered old in our time, but it's a book I return to so many times again and again from the pair of doctors who wrote the boundaries book, Dr. Henry wow. Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. Mm -hmm. They have a book that I, that I think is lesser known, but I like it a lot. It's called safe people. Hmm. Um, how to find relationships that are good for you and avoid those that aren't kaching. So yeah. I, I go back to that book a lot. I use it with my kids a lot and I just pull little snippets out when they're having a, a issue with a friend or something. I just give them a little snippet and, and I use it too. Anyway, the snippet today is about the version of unsafe people that are perfectionist. I think there's a lot to mine there in light of the scripture. So we'll dig into that after you do prayer and your wonderful scripture reflection. Okay. I'm just going to sit back and drink my coffee and listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for forgiving us. And thank you so much for loving us. Um, we ask for your strength and your courage today to do everything that you have for us to do today. And we ask that you would just open the eyes of our understanding that we may comprehend your scriptures and that you would give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear you. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, as always, grab that cup of coffee, cup of hot tea, and go sit with the Lord and your Bible today. All right, today's reading is found in Galatians chapter 4. So I'm going to read through it. Brothers and sisters, it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the freeborn woman. The son of the slave woman was born naturally, the son of the freeborn through a promise. 
Now, this is an allegory. These women represent two covenants. One was from Mount Sinai bearing children for slavery. This is Hagar. But the Jerusalem above is freeborn, and she is our mother, for it is written, Rejoice, you barren one who bore no children. Break forth and shout, you who were not in labor, for more numerous are the children of the deserted one than of her who has a husband. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we are children not of the slave woman, but of the freeborn woman. For freedom Christ set us free. So stand firm and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Okay, so this portion of scripture mentions Abraham and Hagar, and that takes us straight back to the beginning, the first book of the Bible, which is Genesis. And in Genesis 12, we find Abram is 75 years old, and tell, God tells him to pack up everything he has and go to Canaan. And when he gets there, God tells him he's going to give him all this land, and he's going to give it to his descendants. So God tells Abram that he's going to have children. However, Time passes and still no children. So Abram asks the Lord about it. He, he's like, you know, Lord, I know you told me I'd have some children, but I don't see any running around. How are you going to give me this land to my descendants? So God tells him to look up and try to count the stars. Hmm. Well, he can't. There's too many. And the Lord tells him such will be your descendants. But I think that Abram here is asking this question that we all ask so many times. When, Lord, when? Mm -hmm. As we know, the waiting is the hardest yes. part. So let's see how Abram handles this waiting period. When he has been in Canaan for 10 years, now this is 10 years after God told him that he would have all these descendants, still no kiddos. His wife, Sarai, Tired of waiting, probably tired of the pressure of trying to get pregnant. I mean, it's so hard when you are wanting desperately to have a baby month after month and you find every single month that you're not pregnant. So she suggests she has a slave called, uh, named Hagar, who is an Egyptian, and she suggested to Abram, her husband, that, she, that he marry Hagar. And he did. And Hagar gets pregnant. Now, I don't know if Sarah was thinking, okay, surely this is the way God wanted to give us descendants. I mean, maybe they were thinking we should have done this earlier. Maybe Sarah was thinking, you know, this would have taken a lot of pressure off of me if I'd have just done this earlier. Maybe she was relieved momentarily. How many times have we tried to figure out how to hurry up and make God's promises happen? We want things in our timing, right? We want things how we want it, when we want it. Galatians 6 tells us, Never grow weary in doing what is right. For if we don't give up, we'll reap, reap a harvest in due time. In due time. God's timing, not our timing. But Sarai and Abram, they grew weary and waiting, standing, fighting, believing. They grew weary and they took matters into their own hands. And Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. You know, I had a friend one time that said something to me that stuck to my heart like glue. Many years ago, she said this, and I still think about it. She told me to wait for the promise. Don't produce an Ishmael. Wait for the Isaac. You know, we have to let, let go and let God. I mean, I know you hear that, but you have to let go and let God. We have to let go of our promises, our plans, uh, our dreams, our goals. 
the promises, I mean, that God has given us. We just have to let go and let God. And I think that's what it looks like to trust God, even when it's so hard, because like I said, we live in this. I want it how I want it when Mm -hmm. I want it now. Um, Yeah. I mean, we live in and are limited to this moment. But the good news is that God is not. God is not limited to this moment. In Genesis 17, if we keep going, we find that Abram is now 99 years old. And the Lord appears to him and says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you greatly. 99 years old. It says that Abraham fell upon his face, that immediately he fell down upon his face. And I don't know if he passed out or if he had this revelation that he was old. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was like, 99 now, I can't do it. Or if he just had this, maybe he yeah. kicked himself because right. he realized, uh-oh, what have I done? I mean, mm-hmm. I gave up on God. Maybe mm-hmm. he just realized I jumped out ahead of God. Mm-hmm. How many times have we done that? But God went on to tell him that he would no longer be called Abram, but from now on, he'd be called Abraham because he would be the father of many nations and that he would give him and his descendants all the land of Canaan. He also said that Sarah would no longer be called Sarah. She would be Sarah because she would be blessed and have a son so that she becomes the mother of nations. And he even tells them that kings of peoples, kings of peoples shall descend from them. So Abraham, (laughs) he laughed and thought, how can I have a son at a hundred years old? And Sarah was 90 years old. How can she have a child? But he, and he even asked the Lord, he said, can't Ishmael, can't we do this through Ishmael? But God said, no, Sarah shall bear a son and you will name him Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him as an eternal covenant. I will be his God and the God of his descendants. Now he did tell him, as for Ishmael, I've heard you, Abraham, and I know that he's your son and I am going to bless him and I'm going to make him fruitful. But I will establish, he says, my covenant with Isaac. And he tells uh, this time the Lord gives Abraham a time frame. And he says, this time next year, Sarah shall give birth. So we all know exactly what happened. Sarah and Abraham had Isaac 25 yeah. years after God first told him he would have a son. That's a long wow. time to wait. For I didn't realize that was that long. Yeah. 25 years. That is a long time. Um, so Abraham had two sons, one his way and one God's way. Only God, God only established the covenant though, his way. Ishmael is an example of, you know, us trying to figure it out on our own, us taking the reins, taking the will and not letting Jesus drive our impatience, demanding our own way. Like I said, I want what I want when I want it and how I want it now. Um, Isaac is an example of being patient, trusting in what God promised, trusting in God's timing, surrendering and submitting, willing to miss out to avoid missing God. Mm -hmm. You know, we 
we don't have to have all the answers all the time and we don't have to do everything the right way all the time. Thank the Lord. There is grace. Praise God for his grace, because what we do have to have is God. Sometimes I think maybe God does the impossible so that we know it was him that did it. Mm hmm. And I just encourage, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care where you are in your waiting period. Whatever God has promised you, don't grow weary. And that that waiting period, it, trust it. Trust God in that waiting period because mm -hmm. he is working things out for you. And there yeah. is a, a purpose for his timing. And remember what the angel told Mary, Mother Mary, nothing will be impossible for God. Mm -hmm. So don't give up. Keep standing. Keep believing. Keep trusting God. Yeah, I love that. That, I mean, I'm sitting there listening as you're talking, and I'm first of all, I'm looking up on other tabs on my computer. Who was Ishmael? <laughs> <laughs> Hagar. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing that you know all those names. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I didn't. The names did not come straight to mind um, from the the Old Testament story when I read that reading. Um, so thanks for reminding me of that. But this whole, it, this Stacy and I were talking about this issue of perfectionism and it kind of, we can relate to Sarah because mm -hmm. of that perfectionism, or at least what we perceive in our mind, this is what needs to happen. Like God, this is what needs to happen. Can you please let this happen? Can you please make this happen? Can I have this child? Can my child have this success? Can I have this success or whatever we think we need for our life's course to continue on the way that we think it needs to go. And um, it, it had us thinking about that issue of perfectionism and it mm -hmm. reminded, so I, I have been perfectionist. And I'll talk about that a little more in a minute because I, I do have some personal insight into why people act like perfectionists. Um, I think it's very much based on insecurity and lack of faith, which is, you know, tying right back into that story. But the, the, there, I have a book. So I said it before. It's one of my favorite little go-to books. It's actually one of the ones that is a hard, that is a, an actual physical copy of a book on my bookshelf. Cause most of my books are on my Kindle now, cause I'm trying to get rid of clutter in my life. Um, and I, I try not to buy books, but this one is actually a physical book on my shelf because I do pick it up a lot and refer to it because it's so simple so and so clear. clear. And it tells me, um, you know, things to unsafe things to avoid in people, unsafe people to avoid, because I have a hard time of letting go of relationships that aren't good for me. I tend to want to stick them out and I want to fix them and I want to change that person. And I've learned as I've gotten older to let things go. I've also learned as I've gotten older, not to be the unsafe person to, to mm. myself, ask myself, like, are, are you being this unsafe person to other people in your life? And if you're being that way, you need to stop. So mm -hmm. I, I read it for myself a lot too. Anyway, the, the passage I picked up on is number eight of a series. It's a series of personal traits of unsafe people. Mm -hmm. And so it goes through six, seven more before it gets to number eight. Number eight says unsafe people believe they are perfect instead of admitting their faults. Ah, mm -hmm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll read just a little bit of the excerpt. 
because I can't say it any better than this. Unsafe people are on a mission to prove that they are perfect. Using their work, family, abilities, or religion, they try to project an image of perfection, and their image becomes more important to them than the relationships they mm. are in. If someone threatens them, if someone threatens their image, they will attack that person for they must keep up their image at all costs. Love, however, depends in part on our ability to own and share our faults. The mm. one who is forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. Luke 747. Mm -hmm. Perfect people cannot internalize grace. So they will not feel loved at a deep level. Therefore, mm -hmm. as Jesus pointed out, they do not have a lot of love to give others. All they have is their perfection. And that is pretty shallow and not very nourishing. In addition, relationships with perfect people are very hurtful because they dodge any badness that appears in the relationship. They will fight, blame and point fingers, anything that will put the badness onto the other person. So they themselves can mm -hmm. remain blame blameless. And that's like a gut punch because um, mm -hmm. I found myself thinking how many times because I, I did used to be when I was younger had a lot of anxiety because I had this perfect image of myself that I had to present and it was actually born of a goodness in me that I didn't recognize at the time I wanted to be a good person I just didn't have any faith and I didn't have a moral code and I didn't know how to pursue the good um, but I wanted to be a good person. So lacking a moral code, lacking any any catechesis in the Catholic Church or training and virtue, I, I just decided I needed to look like the perfect have it all feminist woman. And and, I, and, it, and it was impossible to have a relationship with me because I didn't know how to care about the other person. It wasn't that I didn't care about other people. It was that I was so afraid that if I didn't have that image I wouldn't be loved by anyone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even start from a position of deserving to be loved. And so that image had to come first because in my mind, only then could people come across my path and love me. And so mm. I kind of had this mindset that until I had that perfect image fulfilled, I mean, I got a PhD in chemistry. That's how serious I was about it. That was part of my image mm. until I got this image fulfilled. Uh, I wasn't ready for you to love me. So just stay out of my way and let me, let me become lovable first and then get back mm -hmm. to me and we can mm -hmm. talk. But I, so I, I didn't have, I had a lot of broken relationships, a lot of people destruction in my path of people I hurt, but it came mm -hmm. from a very insecure place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I try to remember that now. Cause I, I have, you know, some daughter, we have, I have seven children. So I have a mix of all kinds, but I have some daughters who are a lot like I was as a teenage girl. I had to have this image of being perfect and, um, and it causes them a lot of anxiety and, um, I think sometimes when you can have Bible stories mm -hmm. like Sarah and Hagar, I know there's a fear. And I, I think Sarah probably feared that if she didn't have this child, she was not being good enough for God, even though right. God's the one that gives you the child. So right, right. Uh, we get that inverted in our minds. It, it's insecurity and the cure to insecurity the cure to insecurity and therefore perfectionism and therefore broken relationships is to know and know and know, like you say, know that, you know, Stacy, that God loves you, mm -hmm. that Christ 
is there for you, not just in an abstract, esoteric, out in the clouds kind of way. He is right here with us, especially if we go to mass and, and we kneel before him in the Holy Eucharist. He's right there with us and everything that happens to us, he's a part of it mm -hmm. if we invite him into our lives. And, and so that will replace the insecurity that leads to perfectionism. But yeah. it, it takes some maturity and faith too. You've got to really get your head around what it means to be open to faith. Gosh, that all that is so good. I want to get that book. I have not, re I've read um, the boundaries book that they have, but I haven't read that one. And that so much was going through my mind where you were talking. I was thinking about pride and, mm -hmm. and not, you know, being able to admit faults because your know, fear of the opinion of others, fear of rejection, all these yeah. things, just all these little thoughts were going through my mind and how, how isolating and how it must, you know, makes us feel alone when we we're just demanding that our own way we're, you know, we're not willing to budge. We're not, we don't want anybody to see that we might have been wrong in an area or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, and you said, you know, you can't give away what you don't have. If you don't feel loved, if you don't feel loved, how can you show love? I mean, we have to know who he is and we have to know who we are in him mm -hmm. and have that relationship with him so that we can share the love of God, you know, with yeah. others. Yeah. So, so much healing comes from just, I have found going to Eucharistic adoration or even in mass after receiving um, Christ you know, in communion, mm -hmm. if you just take that moment to kneel in front of the Lord of the universe, the savior of the world, if you just kneel before him and say, I want to see myself the way you see me. I want to see the people in my life the way you see them. So mm -hmm. fill me with enough supernatural empathy, your, your strength, Stacy, <laughs> not my strength. So I pray for it. Fill me with enough supernatural empathy to see other people the way you see them, God, because only then do I know how to fix the relationship discord. And I, on perfectionism, like a, what a, a lot of what I've had to learn in my own life is people aren't looking at you expecting you to be perfect. Like that's mm -hmm. not something people look at anyway. Like the, the it's just mm -hmm. like it, it says, the more you try to be perfect, all you're doing is pushing people away. Yeah. People are much more happier to be in a relationship with me if I can laugh at my own flubs. You know, mm -hmm. if, I, if I mess up, I can laugh about it. I, I mean, I'm not going to be lazy about it. I'm going to try to fix things that I need to fix. But but goodness, I make mistakes every day and no. I don't I don't have to be perfect. Hon You're honestly, so when you age anyway, it's not like you can look perfect all your life. <laughs> really? Tell me that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's right. <laughs> you are so um, you're, you're so vulnerable. I mean, you you're very transparent. So I think you do, you share, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly. And, and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, you're very transparent, but I think that we, in order for someone to receive from you, you almost have to be, you almost have to, mm -hmm. like, I can't receive from perfection. I, I, I really can't learn that way. Like if, if you never do anything wrong, if you're perfect, then it does yeah. kind of push me away. Like if you tell me how you messed up, I, I can relate to it, I guess. So maybe that's why I can learn from it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard for me to learn from somebody who just never veered off the path, never made any mistakes at all, did everything right all the time. It's it's yeah. harder for me. I, I remember when I was when my boys were little, I went to a parenting class where they everything. This family was amazing. Truly. I did know them and they truly were amazing, but everything they said, do I hadn't done and everything they told me not to do. I did. And I, it was a two day 
course. And I went home, went to bed. And I didn't go back the next day. <laughs> I was like so deflated. Uh -huh. so, I mean, if they yeah. had, if they had told me, okay, here's where we did it wrong. I'd been like, yeah. yes, I can, re I can learn from that. Right. If you come to one of our retreats, that's exactly what we're going <laughs> to. Oh yeah. Half of my testimony is don't do what I did. <laughs> it is. And I think it, it, it empowers um, younger, or I don't know, younger, same age or older, it empowers anyone else to hear someone talk about how they used to be this way. Like me, I used to be a perfectionist, how they overcame it and mm -hmm. how much freer it is now. Because in the reading, when it says um, to let go of that, that yoke of slavery, that we're freeborn, I'm a freeborn woman. <laughs> I'm, I'm not children of the slave woman. Like freedom Christ set us free and mm -hmm. so don't submit again to the yoke of slavery I was like yeah don't submit again to that yoke of perfectionism Perfection. slavery Absolutely. and there's a lot of other kinds of slavery but I think a lot of people do struggle with perfectionism it jumped out at me because not only does it does it make you an unsafe person to be in a relationship with it also makes it your it makes it hard to be to love yourself it makes it really hard just to love yourself when you're holding yourself up to this perfect example. And it's all born of a, of a lack of faith. And that's not a criticism. It's a, it's good news because the cure to a lack of faith, like we said the other day about prayer, all you got to say is like Jesus's name. Like even if you don't know how to pray eloquently, like Stacy can, when she's using <laughs> scripture, we can teach, she can teach you, but she's teaching mm -hmm. me. But even if you don't remember all the rote prayers from the church, like, if you just say Jesus, that little spoken word is mm -hmm. an act of faith. You're saying a lot in that one little word. You're acknowledging your Lord and you will get an increase of faith if you do that. If you will. It's, it's like and grace is not a fluid substance, but I think of it that way because I'm such a chemist. It's like God just opens your heart and pours grace right into it when you mm -hmm. say that. Mm -hmm. Then it's like you're just filled up with this grace, the gift that you you get for your little seed of faith um, to say, and it, it will take away that fear of needing to be perfect. It, mm -hmm. that is the cure for it. Jesus is the cure for perfectionism. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Just one quick little, one little more little thing. <laughs> it reminds me of a scripture in Romans. <laughs> it, it, it basically says that you <laughs> are the slaves of the one whom you obey. So oh. whether it be to sin or to righteousness or to perfectionism or, you know, if whatever you link yourself with, whatever yeah. you submit to, you become that a slave to that. So yeah. um, that was kind of piggybacking off what you just said. The thing with perfectionism is real easy. If, if you feel like you're suffering from it, if you feel like you're failing in life because you haven't achieved some ideal that's in your head, if your spouse or your children haven't achieved some ideal that's in your head that they need to achieve, let it go, man. Yeah. Let it go. Um, do the best you can. Practice virtue. And that's a whole other topic unto itself. But the church gives us things to practice, to practice virtue. St. Thomas Aquinas, I'm always talking about his treatise mm. on the virtues because <laughs> I like to say that word. There, but there's all kinds of, of good advice in there on how to actually be a person who can think clearly and reason rightly and treat others justly and practice fortitude and know when to be brave and when to just shut your mouth and to know how to have self-control of temperance. There's all kinds of good advice in there. 
And the the number one thing that St. Thomas says about all of the practice of virtue is it is it is a journey towards perfection, but we don't start out perfect and we mm. certainly don't ever become perfect, mm-hmm. but we do. You are mm-hmm. supposed to journey towards it. Yeah. But man, if you fall off that horse, get back up and get on again. Yeah. Just keep keep going. Don't beat yourself up. No. Wait for the promise. Wait for your Isaac. <laughs> Not your Ishmael. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm Stacey Marquison. And I'm Stacey Trisankos. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see Stacy and Stacy.site for more information.